0: Hello, and welcome to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica, where we talk about all things related to post-traumatic stress and complex post-traumatic stress. This means the content of this podcast can be graphic, and if you suffer from PTSD or complex PTSD, keep in mind you could become triggered. If that happens, stop the podcast immediately and take care of yourself. You can always come back and listen later. I'm the guinea pig here and it is my life I examine on out of my mind in Costa Rica. It is my hope that my trials and tribulations, successes and failures will somehow compel you to examine your life and discover your gifts. Socrates exclaimed, a life unexamined is a life not worth living. This is a call to action for all of us. As a clinical social worker, this was my trade, my vocation. From personal experience, I can tell you without a doubt that what you don't know can hurt you. My entire life, I have been compelled to support and encourage people to grow, to boldly look within, and courageously examine their lives. Shine your light onto those dark spaces, and the solutions you seek will reveal themselves. Now sit down, relax, and listen out of my mind in Costa Rica. Welcome to the second edition of my audio blog. And uh, I'm I'm here to try it again. I I think I left you a little bit flat last time on uh, the complex CPTSD. Uh, So I want to correct that uh, today and uh, talk with you about it more in depth. Uh, CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. There's an awful lot of websites out there that really give you a, a great uh, rundown of all the details about post-traumatic stress, uh, what it is, how to deal with it. They send you to, to get help and all of that. So uh, one of those websites of course is the, uh, uh, the VA, uh, Veterans Administration. Uh, the website there is uh, www.ptsd.va.gov Just go there, uh, wander around, you'll find it. Uh, Another good website is healthline.com H-E-A-L-T-H-L-I-N-E.com Wonderful information. I can't compete with that stuff, nor do I intend to. This is, like I said, a a personal journal, and I hope that it works for you, and it's helpful. Now, I'm here because I'm pretty sure I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's the result of uh, childhood sexual abuse that I don't even remember. But I'm acting out the uh, consequences of that uh, experience nearly my entire life. But do I actually have it? Well, what I want to do for you today is I want to go through the criteria for PTSD as well as talk more uh, a little bit about the complex aspect of it. So how do I fit in here? Well, it's difficult to diagnose post-traumatic stress disorder and according to the DSM 5, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual which is the um, psychiatric handbook of, of mental health disorders. There's another organization called the ICD And uh, that's more of a worldly and more medical-inclined. Now, they have a uh, a definition that's going into the next version, uh, ICD-11, which is going to include complex PTSD. I don't know what the plans are for the DSM. Uh, All I know right now is they do not designate that as a separate and distinct uh, entity. But let's go over the criteria. Now, I'm not going to go over all of the criteria. I'm just going to address the the stuff that I am positive on. So how do I fit in here? Do I have a PTSD? How do I qualify? Well, the first thing that has to happen is you have to be exposed to a trauma. And uh, apparently I have. Uh, I don't have any memory for the trauma, but uh, all the evidence points, or the, all the lack of evidence, I might say, points to the probability that yeah uh, there was some some severe trauma going on and uh and uh, like i said in the first uh for the first d uh, the, the first oh shit <laughs> my, my mother was say my tongue got in the way of my eye teeth and i couldn't see what i was saying the first is the requirement is to be exposed to a trauma now, had I not learned about my sexually abusing family ways, I, I would have never suspected that. Also, that's that's uh, area A. Area B is uh, the presence of at least one or more of uh, a series of uh, behavioral and uh, emotional changes that occur. I uh, had three of these. First one was number three, disassociative reaction in that I, um, I, I believe I disassociated for like a, two decades almost. So that's one. The second one is number four, intense and prolonged psychological distress to stimuli. Well, again, I don't have any memories of this, and uh, my, my memories I do have are of the, the Cleaver family variety. Uh, everything is wonderful and everything is beautiful. But there are parts of me at that have a strong sensation, strong intuition that, yeah, there was prolonged psychological distress. Um, And number five, mark physiological reactions to stimuli. Lifelong problems with acid reflux, all sorts of digestive problems, I've had irritable bowel syndrome, you name it. It's a result of all this freaking anxiety I've been carrying around section c you have to have a persistent avoidance of stimuli associated with the trauma the first is avoidance of distressful memories thoughts or feelings associated with the trauma well i avoided it by disassociating it Uh, that was a pretty wild approach to, to doing that and 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 i can cite numerous dozens if not more than dozens dozens of dozens of uh people in uh, situations where I've uh, had to avoid and that's the second one avoiding some external stimuli like people places or things so I'm avoiding memories and feelings and thoughts and people and places and things that's a, a lot of stuff to get away from. Part D talks about changes in cognitions or thoughts or mood associated with the event I need two more of these, and I ended up with like four, an inability to remember important aspects of the traumatic event. i I disassociated all of it, like gone, other than a few uh, like flashball flashes of images. I don't really want to know more, like I said. Number two is persistent, exaggerated negative beliefs and expectations about oneself others, and the world. The CPTSD makes you not trust anybody, not trust yourself, not trust others, not trust the process of life. It's uh, quite a foxhole that uh, we dig ourselves into. Number four, the fourth one, is a, which is the third here, persistent negative emotional state. Fear, horror, anger, guilt, shame, depression, anxiety. Oh, my gosh. That's a heavy load to carry, too. And the last one uh, is the fifth one in the group. Markedly diminished interest in participation in significant activities. Over time, I have uh, just stopped doing a lot of things. Um, Playing guitar. Uh, writing music <laughs> walking exercising meditating I'm better in the meditating but for the most part I just lost interest and that's a that's a red flag too another one is feelings of detachment or estrangement from others this is this is this detachment the feeling detached it it's a In some ways, I'm not sure if it's myself looking from the watcher's perspective or is it really a a disconnect with uh, the world around me. The last one is a persistent inability to experience positive emotions, inability to experience happiness, satisfaction, or loving feelings. The loving feelings I've had, I think, may may be more of a trauma response than, than actual love. I mean, they're powerful feelings, the adrenaline and, and the uh, dopamine and uh, the pheromones. Oh my gosh, it just, it's, love is wonderful. I love it. It's, love is a drug in my book. I love it. Unfortunately, it's uh, habit-forming <laughs> that I fall in love with people who have a tendency not really to be able to love back. Uh, it takes me years to figure that out. Yeah, I'm persistent in that. Section E, marked alterations in arousal and reactivity associated with the traumatic events. That, that for me, that falls into being irritable, having angry outbursts with little or no provoca- provocation. These are the triggers. These are the triggers that almost everyone with post-traumatic stress disorder experience. Their whole nervous system is on alert and on guard for any sign or signal that it is, death is imminent. And that's what happens for me. I, uh, I get triggered. Hypervigilance, that, that's included in the above. Uh, You've got to be pretty vigilant in order to ward off a world that, and, and others that you can't trust. Uh, another one is exaggerated startled response. Fuck! <laughs> you could. I wanted to put a bell on my wife because she was she's so quiet. She just sneaks up on you, and then next thing I know, she's touching my shoulder, and I jump out of the chair. It's it's wild. Um, I still haven't resorted to the bell aspect. I, I decided to take solitude as opposed to uh, doing a bell. And the last one, five is, problems with concentration. Now, in my 50s, I got diagnosed with, uh, with ADD. And I went home and checked it out because I was a psychotherapist. Uh, what? What do you mean? What do you, mean? I, you can't see me writing a book. Too much ADD. Well, sure enough, <laughs> yeah, I, I hit on a lot of those buttons uh, for ADD. So that's very possible because my brother, my older brother, he was uh, definitely had ADD and probably ADHD. Like I said, he drove my parents nuts before I even showed up. There are three other areas: uh, area F, uh, duration of disturbance. It has to be more than one month. Well, the the delay, uh, the disturbance, the delay for crying out loud was was like decades. I didn't realize it till I was 37 years old. I didn't even realize it then. I'm just now realizing now that I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. In area G, the disturbance causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social occupation or other important areas of functioning. All you have to do is take a look at my job history. The only job I could keep for any length of time was the one I, I, when I worked for myself. Private practice was the only way for me to go. I, I couldn't work for anybody, and, and for somehow at the end of my career, I ended up in dialysis. And I worked for them darn near five years, and it, it almost broke me to work for a corporate organization. Um, it also, well dialysis is not a real easy area to, to work in either. And H, the disturbance is not attributable to the physiological effect of a substance like medication or alcohol or another medical condition. No, I'm pretty healthy with all of these facts going on. I mean, well, these, are, these are not facts. These are intuitions. These, I, I don't have any clear memories. And, I, you know, I stayed really early that, that memory is not all that reliable anyway. So I'm really relying on a a gut level, instinctive sense of knowing. Yeah, and all of this was delayed like decades. I kept myself all buttoned up, pretty safe. Well, if that wasn't enough, let's add the uh, complex part to that. I hadn't even gotten to the complex part of the PTSD. There's a lot going on with that. there's a lot of physiological symptoms that I uh, experience. Uh, elevated heart rate, uh, breathing problems, hyper, maybe hyperventilation on occasion, definitely heavy sweating, mus- muscle tightness and cramps, chest, stomach pain, shaking, trembling, brain fog. I thought that was because of something else, but no, it's uh, brain fog is actually a symptom of uh, CPTSD. Uh, I'm going to do a separate thing on on flashbacks. Uh, Some of the other things that go on and have gone on for me is uh, poor emotional regulation. When someone gets triggered, they are unable to regulate their emotions. When I'm triggered, I get a shot of adrenaline. I get a shot of cortisol. I get a shot of... uh, I don't know what else, uh, but its its it just sends me off like a rocket, and I'm sharp as a tack, I'm clear as a bell, and I'm angry as hell. I'm really angry. I'm outraged, as a matter of fact. And it just is a little thing. And, and the people that have suffered this experience of me being triggered, I just i know what it's like on the other side it was like that with my father when he got triggered he was scary he was a very scary guy when he got triggered i was fortunate i didn't didn't i didn't do many bad things i didn't make many mistakes uh, but it was because i didn't want to gosh making a mistake was like uh, whew, wait till your father gets home oh my god i had to leave right away i went to the Cleaver's house and I stayed there and uh, waited for Ward to come home and for June and Ward to talk about it and then and then come talk to me in the bedroom, Come knock on the door and then come in and talk to me in the bedroom. So uh, that's where I lived, it wasn't anything to do with that, but I don't have that as a refuge anymore and there's no place for me to run to under those conditions. So I blow myself up. I become big. Anger anger is a secondary emotion. It, it, what it does is it comes in and, and swoops you off your feet and away from the vulnerability that you feel at the moment. And the degree that you become angry is relative to the degree that you are vulnerable, that you feel vulnerable. So these things... These things, our our brain is designed to keep us alive, and and sometimes it it doesn't really know the difference between what's a little thing and what's a big thing. When triggering happens, we get uh, dysregulated. I'm pretty alone most of the time. Mercedes and I have been spending uh, uh, 24-7 together for the last, since we moved to... uh, uh, Costa Rica, at least, and my, since my retirement, since I was sixty-two or sixty-three, so that's been six some years, uh, and and we're together all the time. So I never really got the isolation, and I, that I really needed. So right now I'm I'm on my own, and I'm appreciating this the solitude. Uh, again with the hypervigilance. Uh, People with CPTSD are hypervigilant. And they also carry around with them an emotional load of really nasty levels of guilt and shame. We took on, in my case, I was a hero child, so I took on the entire shame load of my family. And, oh, man, there was a boatload of... of, uh, there was a boatload of shame, let me tell you. People with ZPSD get involved with unhealthy relationships. But I stick with them. I'm a stick room. My parents were married for 50 years. I, uh, I hang in there. And what I find that I'm, a, I'm attracted to women who are not emotionally available. In other words, they, 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 they trigger that... Attachment style of anxious and um, anxious and anxious of <laughs> fear of abandonment. Anyway, there's a, there's there's stories behind all of that. But yeah, I've got 30 years of my life spent with three different women. None of them were, were really emotionally available. They could fool you. They were all high-functioning and beautiful, wonderful, kind individuals. But they... They could not connect on an emotional level, which is what I need the most of relationships. There's a history of depression with people with post-traumatic stress. Um, it's all over the place. I'm involved with all of these things. This is, This is, for me, when I look at it like this, this is crazy. And I've had... I know I've had poor self-esteem because I really lack a lot of assertiveness skills. Even though I teach assertiveness, I'm real good with my colleagues and I'm real good with my clients. But when it comes to intimate relationships, I'm a I'm putty in their hands. I'm a wuss. I I, I tell you, it's it's almost disgusting. <laughs> I I wish I could. Uh, I wish I, no I don't, I was going to say, I, I wish I would have added up all the times so I've had suicidal thoughts or, or, or impulses, too many to count. Uh, fortunately, I, I, I only met at one point in my life where I was so desperate to, to die that I was actually looking for a effective, pain-free way to go about it. I don't deal well with pain. Not a big fan of pain. So, there's a lot of things going on with CPTSD. I'm going to talk more about um, the triggers, the emotional feedbacks. I don't really have vivid memories of the trauma. I have these emotional experiences, not of this sexual abuse, but of of the response of my mother when I told her of the sexual abuse, her response was to f- just flip out and, and, and go insanely angry and frustrated with me and, and screaming and ranting and hollering and telling me to sh- shut up and never say that again. It never happened. and, and That's the moment in my life when I think I, I disassociated. I joined the Cleaver family. Pack my bags, my emotional bags, and, and and hit the road. I go to stream links to avoid environments or situations that are that I believe would be likely to provoke flashbacks or, you know, unpleasant memories. That's why I stay home most of the time. I'm uh, there's chronic feelings of being vulnerable, uh, not physically or that because I I I know I have a good relationship with the world. But these are mainly cropping up in in intimate relationships, friendships that have gone on for years. My best friend for over 30 years turned out to be a man who also was not emotionally available when I needed it. So, (laughs) why are you listening to me? All I've done is mess my life up. There's a pattern of uh, unstable dysfunctional uncertainty. Sustainable relationships. Oh man, some of the people I chose, uh, some are very quick, and some are very long. So as we go down this 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 pile, this pile, all of these things pile on you when you have CPTSD. They uh, they overload you, they bog you down. They are like. There's, well, you know When I was in college, I had an arts and ideas class, um, and in that class they showed an abstract expressionistic film, and in this film, it was black and white, it was a really, really old, old, old film, and, and it had parts of it related to uh, Federico Fellini and his famous train going into the tunnel. Well, in this film, there was a a scene where there's this piano, and on the piano was a dead mule. And dragging the piano by ropes was this priest. And and I have no idea. And then the scene shifted to an eyeball. And at one point, a scalpel came in, and it cut that eyeball wide open. (laughs) The whole class almost vomited. They wouldn't show that to you in high school, but they'll show it to you in college. Uh, CPTSD just takes you and just drags you and slaps you up against the wall, throws you up in the air, bounces up and down on you. It's like you are a cartoon. It's like you're Wile e. Coyote, you know, and and the world is full of roadrunners every day. So. I, it's a good thing I'm an optimist because being an optimist is the only way I've survived this this nightmare. It's not really a nightmare. I don't want to get dramatic, but there's been a lot of nightmare. and I'll be talking about all of that stuff too in the various points of time in my life. So where we're at right now is, I think it might be time to, to wrap it up and say goodbye. I want to thank you for listening please comment in the section below please share Uh, tell your friends about this Uh, I want to help people and I'm hoping that this will thank you